Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scott Hill announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM and the Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Mike, good morning. What's up, guys? Clippers uh, by 29. Your news. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was not fun to watch. No, it was not. Uh, a lot of things to digest here. Yeah, Paul George is breaking out of his what was uh, considered a reputation as a, I don't know, choker is the right word, but along those lines, Kawhi is Kawhi. The thing that uh, has really gotten under my skin a little bit is guys like Reggie Jackson and then in Game 4, Morris going off. What can the Jazz do to curtail these role players? Because I think by definition, role players, and I don't mean it in a negative manner, but I think they're front runners in that when things are going well with the Stars and we've got a lead, that it makes my job easier and I'm much looser and so I play better. So I think the Jazz need to get a handle on those types of guys. Well, keep in mind those kind of players and whatever we call them, I was one of those. So, like, your your role guy, they're all stars somewhere else, right? Yeah. And it's just the nature of, of the beast. You know, I could be the best player in California and come to BYU and be the best player in the conference and go to the NBA and be a role player. And that's kind of what some of those guys are, like a Marcus Morris who's bounced around. And, and But those guys tend to play better at home, tend to shoot more freely, tend to play better. Uh, I guess an exception is it feels like Reggie Jackson has kind of made shots even in the games in Utah when Utah won. But certainly Marcus Morris making at least his first five threes. I turned the game off in the fourth quarter, so I don't know if he made another one. Guys like that tend to play better when things are going well and the home crowd is behind them. So they fuel off of that. I I felt that not as a, a college player but certainly as a pro I felt that a little bit when I had the confidence of my teammates a pass from a bird you know a kick out from the post from a McHale was kind of like that vote of confidence and and that's the way the Clippers played the last two games but I don't feel like that's the key I feel like those were you know little sub stories and subplots of what's really going on what's really going on is the defense of the Clippers and the thing that feared me the most at the beginning of the season, which was the length of the Clipper wings. And you're seeing it not only as they guard a Donovan, you know, out front, and they guard some of the wing players with Batum and Kawhi and Marcus Morris and Paul George, right? Four interchangeable wings. Uh, you're seeing it on cross-court passes. You're seeing it in the hesitancy of a Boyan Bogdanovich who instead of catch and shoot like he did in the regular season is now catch fake, one dribble, try and make a pass, and the length of those arms are getting deflections. And So that was my biggest fear. Their length on the wings could really stymie what the, the Jazz were trying to do. And my other fear was Rudy had to play like a beast, like Rudy had to play strong, roll with authority, catch, finish. And those two things are not happening, right? Like, Rudy's not a factor offensively. I, I I don't know what he finished. He might have finished four for four in the game, but all those buckets late, 
like threes late by O'Neill and buckets late by Bogdanovich, who ends up with 18, were non-factors in the game. And Rudy gets, I think, four dunks maybe late, even emphatic dunks. Maybe it helps him to come back home with some renewed confidence. But in the first half, he didn't have a touch. He didn't have a point, but maybe a free throw. Mike Smith joining us here, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. So as we uh, watch this unfold, Donovan is putting up huge numbers. He's averaging 37 points a game, which is just outrageous. But it does seem like the defense is just tipped towards him, and the shooting percentage has been dropping each game. And it seems like the Clippers are just going more all-in on the thought. And the coaches can tell them to do it, but the players have to actually do it. But it seems like as a group, they're all buying into the thought like, don't let this guy beat us. And if he gets his 35 points or 37 points, he's got to get it on 30 shots. He can't get it on 20. There was a point uh, yesterday in the first half when Donovan's like maybe four for nine from deep and Joe Ingles is three for three. So you're like, Donovan might have been four for ten. So either way, you combine those, they were seven for 13 from deep. And it wasn't even a game in the first half, but I only pointed up to bring out the other guys had open shots and they were collectively like one for 12. And so that therein lies the bigger issue. But if you want to get into the schemes of it, like if you want to get in the X's and O's, what, what the Clippers are doing are exactly what they figured out in the Dallas series is that we need to go small. We need to build a wall, almost like a fortress around Luca and Luca's so good. He got his points. Donovan is so good. He's going to get his points. But just watch what they're doing. I don't hear the announcers on the national networks talking about it at all. They're not talking about the schemes. They are talking about a focus and an emphasis on Donovan. But really, DJ and PK, what they're doing, it's a zone. It's a 3-2 zone, and it could be any guy up front, whether it's Batum, George, Leonard, or Marcus Morris. And wherever Donovan goes, like to the right or to the left, and it's really a problem, that Donovan has to play point and has the ball constantly in his hands because it's wearing him down, and he's initiating the offense 40 feet away, also a problem. But one of those front guys, it's really a 3-2-2, you could call it a 1-2-2, he goes with him, right, forces Donovan one way. Donovan's good enough to usually get by. Watch the other two top members of the zone for the Clippers and watch how they form a web and they come and form this second lining or this second layer of defense. So when Donovan beats the first guy, here comes the lining, and the lining is two guys now. Now, granted, that's a ton of open space and open shots for other guys if you can deliver that ball, right? There's only two guys down low for the Clippers on that defense. My suggestion would be, and I'm not an NBA coach, but rather than have Rudy come up and screen for Donovan, that's doing nothing. And that's what the Jazz did all season long. It's doing nothing because even if Rudy screens, that's Rudy and Donovan against three Clippers. There's a guy waiting. Rudy should be down in what's called the dunker spot, right? Just off the paint. Okay? There should be a guy like Ingles or Clarkson, even Boyan, at the top of the key or the foul line. Donovan should initiate, get two guys to guard him, then bounce pass to the top of the key, then Rudy can either duck in or come flash and set a screen. Now you're playing like three on two, four on three. And I just haven't seen that adjustment. And give the Clippers credit. They figured something out in the Dallas series. I think they also figured something out in game two of the 
the game here at Vivint when they went zone, and for about a six-minute period, it really flustered the Jazz. But Donovan was great in that game, and the home crowd helped the ancillary guys. They made shots. They win games one and two. All of a sudden, everybody's thinking they got this. But that little snippet microcosm of a defensive series by the Clippers opened their eyes, and they said, oh, okay, we can stymie them. That's what we're going to do. And they've morphed it into this 3-2 zone. It's been brilliant. Now, there's not a defense in the world you can do, guys, that can't be countered. So my hope is tomorrow night with the, the home crowd and the ancillary guys getting open shots and shooting, there's a little counter by Quinn and staff to kind of facilitate and alleviate the pressure off Donovan. And uh, hopefully shots go down and you can make this a series. But uh, it was all Clippers last night, and it was their defense that was the key. If, I guess it's a degree of uh, how big you want to make this if, but if Mike Conley comes back, what does it solve? Well, for one thing, it takes that pressure off Donovan handling the ball, and it might force the Clippers' hand to play defense differently. So if Conley is, you know, comes back and all of a sudden you're traditional, Donovan at the two, Conley at the one, and you start initiating, you might see the Jazz offense as it typically ran during the year. And that would be based on how the Clippers and Ty Lube choose to defend Mike. If Mike is 100%, he can go and he can create freedom off a screen roll and get in the paint. That, that, that might alleviate some of that. Donovan could be free to be you know, now the first recipient and catch the ball in different settings. Now he's looking at one guy to beat and a drive in. and It, it could change everything, but it all... Listen, if I'm, too, if I'm Ty Lue and the Clippers, I wouldn't change a thing. You figured something out in game two, you employed it in game three and four, and you shut down the Jazz offense. If you guys watched the first quarter last night, what did they have? Like 11 or 13 points. The ball game was over. Like Honestly, it was over. The Jazz outscored the Clippers in quarter number three and beat them badly in quarter number four, and granted shots went because you're playing in a flurry and maybe the Clippers got the game in hand and... Now it doesn't matter, so you're letting them go a little more freely. But that game was won in the first quarter last night. So I would love to see a change because hopefully it, it forces the Clippers' hand to play a little differently. So there was an interesting debate, and I just don't think there was a good answer. Uh, but there might be in Game 5. There's an interesting debate on Twitter about taking, favor, or taking Gobert out and putting favors in, and it stopped a run. And... Um, I thought Gobert was tired, and he was certainly in foul trouble, and he still played 32 minutes. But Game 5, you know, the stakes are higher. Maybe you're playing a little bit, quote-unquote, with house money in Game 4. But Game 5, the stakes are higher. If he doesn't get in early foul trouble, and I know that's a huge if, do you think we see Rudy for 38, 40 minutes? Because, man, when he goes out, it is clear Ty Lewis told the Clippers, you attack the basket the second that guy steps off the, off the court. It's, 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 it's a good point, DJ. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a catch-22 right now yeah. because Rudy's defense in games one and two was phenomenal. And I really felt like the Jazz schemes against Kawhi were great. Not, not open the floodgates and let him go where he wants, but kind of hound him force him a certain way, and Rudy was always right there. Like, he just was there. He was ever-present. Kawhi would get... Kawhi was no, nowhere near as effective in games one and two as he was in games three and four. In games three and four, he's got 30 points and did it on 20 shots. In games one and two, he's, he's you know, 10 points less and more shots. But 
uh, Rudy's ineffective on the offensive end so far. His inefficiency has has really nullified what his effectiveness can be on the other end. He's gotten frustrated. He's gotten silly fouls. You can see it on his face. Uh, the Clippers have really tried to take him out of the game, right? They, they play in Zubats last night, I think, 17 minutes. You guys might have the box score in front of you. 18. 17, and if you, 18, and if you combine Gobert and Favors, they had to be 32 for Gobert and maybe 15 for Favors. So you're playing your center's 47, 48 minutes. The Clippers are playing their center 30 minutes less. We're saying, they're saying, we're going small, and you react to us. And typically that's okay. Like that, that, that can be fine if Rudy catches and finishes with authority and they can deliver the ball to him. Again, no touches in the first half last night. Part of that is Rudy. Part of that is Clipper smaller players with stronger and lower centers of gravity rooting Rudy out of the paint. Zubats has been really effective moving him off of good rebound positions. Watch Rudy trying to get offensive rebounds. He's kind of doing it from above and trying to reach over and not from solid positions where he typically does well against big centers. Battled against like Valanchunas, who has a stronger base. But it's, it's this ultimate catch-22. You need him, but on the other end, it, it's causing problems. I don't know. Uh, if I'm Quinn and staff, right? Like I'm going through every, every option. My concerns are more on the offensive end for the jazz, like find a way to deliver the ball to a playmaker in freedom and do it before that little zone layer gets Donovan shooting bad shots, working extra hard to get his 37 I mean, one thing that's evident, we're seeing the greatness of a 24-year-old who, who really has had little help offensively. Clarkson, in games one and two, I thought was good. Last night, he wasn't great. He himself frustrated into some bad shot selections. And, you know, confidence is on the side of the Clippers. Now, I'm not saying it can't be overcome. The home crowd's going to be amazing. Donovan has delivered in this building. Jazz players have played well in this building. There's a reason they were 52-20. and 20. Game five is step-up time. It really is. My buddies were telling me whoever wins game four wins the series. Well, clearly whoever wins tomorrow night wins the series. So how much is involved as far as adjustments being technical and analytical versus heart and determination and those types of things? In this case, I think more technical. But that's my opinion. You know, I don't... I don't speak for the staff, and, you know, yeah, they're, they're going to come out and play hard. They're, they're going to come out with everything. Adrenaline will be flowing, right? They're, the crowd's going to be behind them. Uh, it's it's going to be rocking, and that's going to be amazing, and that will have the adverse effect on Clipper ancillary players, you know? Do Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard and Reggie Jackson make all their shots tomorrow night in front of 18,000 at Vivint? So that remains to be seen. You figure the way Leonard and George are now playing, they're probably going to show up. I know Leonard will. I kind of think George will after watching him the last two games. He feels looks like a different guy. Looks like he's figured something out with those slow-motion Euro steps and getting his body into people. He looks 
really looks like he's doing it with ease. But DJ, I think it's technical. I think there's got to be a release point. If there's no change, right? If there's no change to what you're doing offensively, you're going to see what you saw last night. See, I think they really frustrated the Jazz offense, and the Jazz offense was so effective all season long, right? But it's based on screen assists by Gobert. It's based on multiple playmakers. One of the problems is this layer of defense and this sub-layer by the Clippers is eliminating dribble penetration by an Ingles, by a Clarkson. Watch how perimeter-based the attack is. That's what's frustrating. They're starting 30 feet away, make it 35 feet away, and the Clippers, that's just kind of like adding to their fuel, and they're like, okay, let's pick them up even closer to half court. Mike, we appreciate a little bit of time. Thanks for joining us, and we will all be watching Game 5. It is intriguing. Thanks for hopping on the air. You got it, as I will. Go Jazz. Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us.